The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton. Today in for Susan Littlefield taking a much-deserved day off. We hope she's enjoying her day. Joining us to talk the trade, Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options. And Darren, we appreciate you coming on and talking the market trade. Maybe not the most exciting day, but we do have some green on the screen and soybeans. Corn wheat, though, struggling to try and maintain that. Overall, though, did you think it was just kind of a slow, low-volume day of trade? Yeah, it was a very slow-volume trade. It's been that way all week, really. You know, very very light news on the front. I mean, I think the, the overall trade... It's, it's really had its mind on this August 12th report when the USA is going to revise some of those acres, uh, hopefully, anyway, because uh, that's a lot of what the, the bulls of this market, they're, they're wanting to see uh, a lot lower acres. Uh, and really, at this point, given the trend of this market, especially on the corn, that's really what this market needs. And, and in talking about that August 12th report, is that what we're gearing up for? Are we going to see pretty sluggish, range-bound days until until the algos have some hard data to try and crunch numbers on and until traders really feel like they have a direction of what this U.S. crop is doing? At this juncture, that's what I'm telling all, all of our clients right now. It's, it's going to be a very range-bound, the sideways, to lower trade. And right now, that more likely leaning towards that that lower trade, just because the trend is that way. Uh, if you look at some of the, the spreads going on with front month corn set D spread, earlier this week we were talking about much higher levels where that spread was a little bit of a, little bit of a uh, carry, about, you know, three, four cent carry, and now we ended the week down with a carry of 10 cents. It's not really all that bullish. Uh, I think that that's really kind of signaling, okay, maybe the market's not really gearing up for this, this bull market. But yet, August 12th can change a lot of different things. The basis levels around the country are still relatively strong, historically speaking. So they're really telling you they really want this corn, but the spreads are not reacting that way. So to me, it goes back to this, this, this August report and, and how it's going to set the tone. I think guys who are wanting to be bullish as market, which is a lot of people, uh, I think you're going to have to be very patient here. It's maybe not even something August really brings. I think August, yeah, gives us a better di- direction, but we really don't know how this crop will perform and really until the combines roll. And given where how late some of this crop is, the, the harvest dates uh, are going to be all over the board. And the question is, if we run into a cooler spring or happen to run into a freeze, which is not being talked about yet, way too soon to probably speculate on that but how if you run into a cool you know september october does this crop really get to the full potential or does it even get to the finish line so how the usda is even going to know this even though they have all the resources under the sun it, i think it's going to be very difficult for them to even understand that's why i say the bulls are going to have to wait and be patient here probably until that fall, late fall mid fall time frame and talking from a from a coffee shop standpoint, you know, you hear guys all oh, the the USDA they're always negative. Those numbers when they come out, they drive this market. This is not a report to try and guess on. This is one from a spec point. Maybe you want to be cautious going into from a producer spec though. You know, you've got acres planted. You're trying to still get a crop here to the end point. Where do you go going up to this report? You've got low volume. Do you try to take advantage of some options to have a floor in place? What maybe might be your strategy there, Darren? 
Yeah, right now, I, I think this is not a time to abandon risk management, even though, yes, I, you know, you could say the, the issues that we have out there could pinpoint to some higher prices later on in the future. That's, that's, that's hard to argue against. There is some real problems out there, especially for our clients in Illinois and Indiana and Ohio. There's some real issues out there. But the other big issue that's really not getting a whole lot of, I mean, it gets its focus a little bit and traction on social media, but it's, it's that demand side. It's just, it's not there. And, and the question is, okay, because of our lack of demand, how much of this, the old crop, does it get carried over to the balance sheet of this new marketing year? That's still up in the air. And I, I would assume it's much more than what the USDA is currently figuring. And it, it probably in time, they will probably recognize that. And that will bring up the carry out on this balance sheet. Now, how, how were we set up on the acreage and what is that yield going to be is, is another thing. I Going back to your question, though, I don't think that this is a report that you say, hey, because of they were probably way off in that June uh, number, we have to assume that they're going to really lower the acreage. I think the risk here, given that producers are long in the field, you know, and if they don't have very much price or contracted or hedged, I think this is a mark where they need to be looking at some protection just because that you don't want to say, well, USDA has to do it. You know, the USDA historically has given the farmer a lot of problems in the past. This, this is not the year with the demands picture where you just want to be taking a big, big gamble and saying they have to go it and they're going to lower those yields or lower that acreage in time. So it, I, I'm definitely encouraging guys to look at some protection option strategies uh, ahead of ahead of that August report. You mentioned this back in your second answer, and I want to circle back around to it. It comes back to basis. Right now, the basis is positive in many areas, but we're starting to see a little, ro- a little erosion, especially in New Orleans today at the river. That started to, to make its downgrade and start to move in lower. So the market's still calling for guys to bring their grain in, but these futures aren't helping them. So is this one try and sit it out and wait and see what happens? Yeah, so if you have the old crop bushels and, and you want to wait to see what that August report does, it, it's one of those things is I want protection on that ahead of that report. And yet maybe take a little bit of gamble, see what that report does, but get some protection on ahead of it. But the thing is with the river opening back up in the last month here, it's really helped that flow of that grain. But if I talk to clients in Illinois, there is certain pockets of the country where they are pretty close, if not already, out of grain. And Grant, I think there's corn on the sideline here yet left to sell, but a lot of that has been moved already or has already been spoken for. I think that you're looking at a bulk of people, they have probably less than 20% left to sell here at this point. Again, Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options, our guest today on the Fontenelle Final Bell. You're listening to it on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield. Darren Fessler, Lakefront Futures and Options, join us. Darren, in our first part, we talked a lot about marketing, about risk management and strategy, what to do in these low-volume times. Let's talk about now where these markets are right now in terms of what 2019 has been a crazy year in that. Closing today, we have soybeans back in the green. Is this some spread unwinding we're seeing on the charts? Yeah, I, I really think it comes down to some of those earlier talks this week about U.S. meeting with China, maybe some potential deals. I mean, we've heard this for over a year now, these potential deals. I think there's a significant risk to this being cropped, though. I mean, no matter where you 
where you go, um, even North Dakota to Kansas to Ohio to everywhere in between, for whatever reason, these beans are just, they're not the beans we've seen the last three or four years. Uh, very short in nature. Maybe they got, you know, off to the wrong start early on. It's just, you know, and a lot of this crop was planted late in areas of the country too. But from what I've seen and just talking to clients across the country, it's not, there's going to be a lot of disappointment uh, in these beans versus what we've seen the last few years. And, and I think the USDA has some work to do yet on that yield number because I'm just hard-pressed as of right now unless we're, uh, something really happens as far as Mother Nature to really progress these beans along uh, why we're anywhere close to where these current figures are. Now, talking uh, about the beans, and, and we talked about the demand side of the equation, something that not everybody, we've been focusing on supply, but we look at demand. China's a major buyer of U.S. beans. USDA attache coming out. They're saying African swine fever hurt 21% of the Chinese hog herd in 2019, may hurt another 10% in 2020. Uh, overall, what does that do in your perspective for bean demand? Does that really hurt the U.S. producer on that end? Yeah, and it, I think it does, yes. Uh, but it's also going to hurt the Brazilian producer. Now, Brazil's coming off a good crop. We're probably not going to have the crop like we had the last few years. But it, China in itself is just not as hungry for beans as they were in the past. And that really, you know, is not nothing the administration has done from a, from a tariff standpoint. It's, we've, we've dealt with that African swine fever. For, for a while now, and it has progressively got worse. Maybe it's calming down a little bit, but that has taken a significant impact. But you in, you you throw the tariff deal on, you have Brazil have one looking at a good crop. You have the Brazilian real and the dollar situation there where the dollar has gone quite a bit higher. It's just it's putting more pressure on U.S. exports, and that's one of the things where, yeah, we need some significant reduces in this this crop from a yield standpoint just to lower our carryouts. But longer term, uh, the problems are still going to linger on. And if we start looking out longer term, even into next year, I, I really think beans have some have some work to do when it comes to convincing producers, yes, I'm going to plant this into the 2021 season. Uh, I know that's a longer term away, but sooner or later, those guys will be making some orders for uh, this next year and be thinking about those um, situations. Bringing it back to around to Brazil, when we look at the currency picture right now, the U.S. dollar is on an eight-week high, and then we take a look at the Brazilian rehal, and it's been a little bit sluggish when it comes to try and move higher. Does this really, again, hurt the U.S. producer, or is it is it something we need here for the trade war? No, I, I, think, it, I think it hurts the U.S. exports. The U.S. exports have been weak uh, for some time now. That's, that's not a shock to anyone here. The U.S. dollar is the highest it's been since late May. Uh, is obviously not going to help help the export front out, but it, it's going to come down to we we really need some trade deals done. I mean the the announcement about the MSP payments yesterday, yes those help, but it does not fix our longer term problems. We need to export our grains. We need confidence from our buyers, and that's really what uh, the U.S. producers looking for right now. We, we need confidence. And we need markets to be able to sell our goods. And we, we need maybe some hiccups other, you know, other way around the world uh, to really help, help our overall supply situation. 
Coming back to a technical perspective, and especially in this core market, we continue to kind of dwindle here. 436 was a number that a lot of guys were watching on the December new crop. We're now solidly 12 cents below that. So where can we maybe find some more support here or some trend lines to help us get back to that level? I still think you have to target, now that we are below the 50-day, the trend is still lower. I still think you got to target some of those gaps right around that 420 mark. Um, granted, that's not end-all, be-all uh, far as support, but... I mean, this thing could just continue just to drag south for the next week or so until we get to that August report or until we more, we know more about maybe a potential, you know, something happens next week with China. Um, but right now, it's hard fighting this. And it's seasonally, it's not necessarily a great time to be a bull in this market. Darren, we've discussed a lot about what producers can be doing in their marketing strategies and what's moving these markets. But producers vary operation to operation. What is a good number or a good way to reach you out to continue this marketing conversation where you can sit down and look on a case-by-case basis? Yeah, they can call me directly at 402-366-0423. I'm always on Twitter and Facebook, and you can always go to our website at lakefrontfutures.com. Thank you to the Fontenelle Hybrids and all their dealers for their support of the Fontenelle Final Belt on the World Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.